Holy, Righteous and Invisible Father in Heaven, Blessed be your holy name, O Lord, for giving us the opportunity to fellowship with you today and to be among the living, Lord in Heaven, as we are on our homeward journey to our heavenly Canaan. We need strength, help and direction from you. Therefore, Lord, we come to you this moment and we ask, please fill our hungry, thirsty souls as you have promised. We ask, Father, that you give to us from your word, O living water, bread, that will give us strength, edification, and will help us, Lord, to grow up into the fullness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To this end, Lord, we ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit upon all of us. Help us to rightly divide the word of truth and especially give us power to put into practice all that we will learn. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, that it may be spoken with help and power to the people, that we all may be blessed by what we hear. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Conflict and Courage, May 16 Delayed Judgment In that day, I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 12 Eli had greatly erred in permitting his sons to minister in holy office. By excusing their course on one pretext and another, he became blinded to their sins. But at last, they reached a pass where he could no longer hide his eyes from the crimes of his sons. The people complained of their violent deeds and the high priest was grieved and distressed. He dared remain silent no longer. But his sons had been brought up to think of no one but themselves, and now they cared for no one else. They saw the grief of their father, but their hard hearts were not touched. They heard his mild admonitions, but they were not impressed, nor would they change their evil course, though warned of the consequences of their sin. Had Eli dealt justly with his wicked sons, they would have been rejected from the priestly office and punished with death. Year after year, the Lord delayed his threatened judgments. Much might have been done in those years to redeem the failures of the past, but the aged priests took no effective measures to correct the evils that were polluting the sanctuary of the Lord and leading thousands in Israel to ruin. The forbearance of God caused Hophni and Phinehas to harden their hearts and to become still bolder in transgression. The messages of warning and reproof to his house were made known by Eli to the whole nation. By this means, he hoped to counteract in some measure the evil influence of his past neglect. But the warnings were disregarded by the people as they had been by the priests. God condemns the negligence that dallies with sin and crime, and the insensibility that is slow to detect its baleful presence in the families of professed Christians. 
he holds parents accountable in a great degree for the faults and follies of their offspring. God visited with his curse not only the sons of Eli, but Eli himself, and this fearful example should be a warning to the parents of this time. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Delayed Judgment. Yesterday we read in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 2 where Eli confronted his children because of the evil deeds that they were performing. It had become so bad, people had reported the matter to him and after some time he spoke to them in very clear terms, telling them that their sins, since it is against God, who is going to plead for them? And indeed, they were sinning in a way that was directly kicking at the sacrifice of God. The commandments of God are divided into two categories. The first four of God's commandments talk about our relationship with Him. And the last six talk about our relationship one with another, from fellow man to fellow man. I cannot kill God. And those things are, when they say thou shalt not kill, it's only with reference to men. But the first four commandments that urges us to show a good relationship with God, especially the one that talks about reverence and not using his name in vain. These sons of Eli disregarded. They were using God's name in vain. They were stealing from God, God's own property. Not only that, they were actually dishonoring God in his own house. This was a direct offense to God himself. Mocking God, insulting God, stealing God's own things, and also defiling God's sanctuary with the things that they were doing with the ladies who came to the church. And the Lord brought this to the notice of Eli, and Eli spoke in very clear terms to them. But the Bible says they would not listen. And the Lord expected more from Eli. He was supposed to restrain them. That was what we studied in our devotion yesterday. And we learned the lesson that as parents, our duty is not just to talk. The Lord expects us to enforce what, what has been said. And this enforcement, some people in their nature, they are averse to it. Anything that has to do with using the force or the command, they don't want to do it. But our Lord Jesus is not like that. He is a judge. And we are to develop the character of God in ourselves. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. But that does not mean that he will, by no, he will not uh, punish the wicked. In his description of himself, he said, But that will by no means clear the guilty. This is the character of God. And it is a loving character. Why? Because when a person is doing things, that is affecting someone else negatively. The Lord is a judge and he, he comes into the matter to judge the issue. The, the children of Eli, their sin was not just harming themselves. Were it to be that they were doing things that were just harming themselves alone, one would even say, okay, this is just between them and themselves and they're harming themselves. But they were doing things that were harming others. And not just harming other human beings, but they were actually insulting God too. Eli saw these things and permitted them to continue. This is a great crime. Somebody's attitude is harming others, your children. You see them insulting others, not just 
doing evil things to themselves a vice now that maybe a drunkard who is just between him and himself he's calming himself but here are people taking the office of the lord a position of high honor to 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 mock god now let us see how god described this in first samuel chapter 2 from verse 27 to 29 it says and there came a man of god unto eli and said unto him thus saith the lord did i plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in egypt in pharaoh's house and i chose him out of all the tribes of israel to be my priest to offer upon mine altar to burn incense to wear an effort before me and did i give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of israel wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering which i have commanded in mine habitation and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. He, when you listen to what God is saying here and his interpretation of what Eli's children were doing, one, they would go and take the offerings that the people were making and they wouldn't want them to uh, give them the cooked one, which was supposed to be what they were supposed to do, of course, take the cooked one. They would say, give it to us raw. And when it is not given to them, they use force to take it from the people. And more so, they were lying with the girls that came to church how did the lord interpret this the lord interpreted it as a very great dishonor to himself for two reasons firstly for you to be given a place of position in the house of god to be the one leading the people it is to be considered a privilege and an honor and the lord reminded eli do you understand that this position you hold is a position of high, high honor that I gave to your father, which was supposed to be Aaron. Aaron is the father being referred to. Do you understand that I have raised you up above the people and honored you and given you a position of honor that you are supposed to appreciate the fact that I honored you above all people? And now that I honored you, instead of you to honor me, you allow your children to be honored above myself in that you allow them to do evil, to dishonor me, and you give yourself that good name. Now, here was a case where either Eli dishonors himself by rebuking his children, stripping them of the position, punishing them, which would be a very big blow to himself, of course, because it's a, it's a shame to him that his children were doing that. But instead of allowing himself to be shamed and shaming his children for what they did, he let them in position so that they would not be, be shamed, so that they would not be offended with him and let them to continue to shame God. And that was the interpretation of the Lord in this matter. That when Eli allowed his children to remain in office, to do the evil things they were doing in stealing from the Lord, that's one, stealing from the Lord, this is, they were making themselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel. That's one. Secondly, they were fornicating. Those were the two things. The Lord saw it as Eli permitting himself to be honored above God because it was his children who were doing it. When this was done, it was supposed to be a time when Eli will do something. But when this man came to talk to Eli, he didn't do anything. Continue what the man said in 1 Samuel 2, now reading from verse 30. The man, the man of God who came to rebuke Eli said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and thy house of thy father and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, 
I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come, that I will cut off thine arm, and the arm of thy father's house, and there shall not be an old man in thine house, and thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from mine altar, shall be to consume thine eyes, and to grieve thine heart. And all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee, that shall come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest, that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sore house, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass, that every one that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, Put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's office, that I may eat a piece of bread. This was a startling judgment that should make anyone to tremble and fear. This was what the Lord said to Eli. Now, this was a good time for Eli to do what he had failed to do for a long time. But guess what? He didn't. Eli was supposed to remove his children from office, but even after this startling instruction and judgment, he left them in office. He kicked at the sacrifice of God. He saw his children clearly disrespecting God and dishonoring God and left them to continue because they were his children. And he didn't want to humiliate both himself and his children. In this, Eli kicked at the sacrifice of God and chose to permit his children to continue in office at the expense of dishonoring God. God had honored him greatly in raising him to such a high office, but instead of him to return the honor to God, he used that office to honor himself. This is a lesson, not firstly on child training, we've talked a lot on child training, but I'll also say on leadership. Today, such things happen. There is this thing going on in the world today and in the churches, rules for thee and not for me. When it is the common people who go into fornication, oh, immediately, disfellowship, suspension. But when it is the child of one of the top men in the church, maybe an elder, or one of the pastors, what do they do? They conceal it and they leave them in office. They don't give the same punishment to the people as they give to the leaders and to the rich men. And the Lord is watching these things. And if we are dishonoring God like this, do you expect to get a different judgment than that which God gave to Eli? This should be a warning to all of us. But the Lord permits many of us to continue. Hophni and Phinehas were doing these things for many long years. And your children may be doing it for long years too. Dishonoring God, coming into the house of God to do evil. Taking girls in the church to their houses and then doing evil things with them, their fornication. Using the office of their, the, 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 the office of their parents, they call themselves oh, pastor's kids. And then use those other, other office to do evil and the pastors themselves see their children doing it and they do nothing about it. They allow it to continue. And in all the space of time that the Lord is giving us opportunity to do something about it, if we do not do something about it, I tell you, the Lord does not change. The same thing he did to Eli, the same judgment he will give 
to us if we continue like this. When this pronouncement came to Eli by this man of God, Eli was supposed to take that opportunity to do something. He was still a man that was, uh, maybe he was getting old, but at this time, the Lord gave a space of time. This was when Eli was, um, Samuel was just a young boy at the time. But if we continue the reading, it now says in the book of First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, and the, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. So, from here you can see that some years have passed. At this time, Eli is now going blind. This is some years after that man of God has pronounced that judgment on Eli. But within these years that God gave to Eli, God delayed the judgment that he said he was going to do on Eli's house. And within this time, God was expecting that Eli should do something about it. But Eli did not do anything about it. Years had gone by. Samuel had grown. He was no longer that little boy. He was now grown. But in this time, the whole crime continued just as it was before. Eli did nothing about it, even though God delayed his judgment. The lesson for us is this. When we see our children doing wrong or we see evil going on around us, do not think that because the Lord is doing nothing about it, he doesn't care about it. We should be careful not to allow God to be invited to take care of the issue. We should take care of it ourselves. Because if we invite the Lord, you heard what he said here. His own is to come and do what we should have done, but more than that, in that it is our responsibility as humans to do what we should, remove the person from office and correct our children so that they don't do these evil things to others. But when you refuse to do that, even in our present world, when they go out, the force of the world, the police and the military or whatever, the, the forces kept by the government will do for us what we failed to do in our children. Like I said here in 1 Samuel 3 verse 2, it shows that Eli was now getting older than what he was before. This shows us that there was some time that has passed. His eyes are now dim and he is really losing it. Yet Eli's sons are still in office. God had delayed his judgment with the hope that Eli would have the courage to do what he was supposed to do, but he didn't. So it happened that the Lord called Samuel and Samuel thought it was Eli that was calling him. He answered him first time, second time, and on the second time, Eli knew what was going on and he told Samuel, next time you hear, you say, speak for thy servant hear it. And when Samuel heard it, the Lord came and stood again and called Samuel. And Samuel now did what Eli said he should do. He said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hear it. Now, reading from 1 Samuel 3 verse 11, here's what the Lord told him. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. I'll continue what the Lord said, but in these words, I want us to take note of what the Lord can be telling us today. The sons made themselves vile, and the Lord is speaking to not the sons, but Eli. 
you Eli restrained them not and he is saying I'm, t- I'm going to punish him for something that he is aware of this is now telling us that this is a different time from when that man of God came to Eli that man of God had come to Eli some years before now and he's now the Lord is appearing to Samuel and telling Samuel Eli knows what I'm talking about he's aware it's not as if he is not aware. He knows his children are fornicating. He knows his children are kicking at my sacrifice. He knows that they have made themselves vile. He knows that people are not coming to the services anymore because of what he has permitted. He knows that thousands has been ruined because of his children. He knows all of this. That's what the Lord is saying. I have told him and some years have gone by. Eli still has done nothing about it. Now the Lord is telling Samuel, I'm going to punish him for something that he actually is aware of. Pastors, parents, this is for us. The Lord is telling you, I will punish you for something that you are aware of. Not that you did not correct it with your words, but the Lord in his own words. Hear his words now. 1 Samuel 3 verse 13. His sons made themselves vile. The Lord is not saying he did not instruct them. The Lord is not saying he did not correct them. The Lord is not saying he did not rebuke them or reprove them. But the Lord said that he restrained them not. The Lord expects us as leaders to enforce the law of God and to preserve the honor of God. When we see in our houses our children dishonoring God or making themselves vile, it is not just to instruct, to advise, to reprove and to uh, correct. Beyond that, when it gets to that case, it is our duty to restrain both in the church and in the home. Continuing the word of the Lord to Samuel now in 1 Samuel 3 verse 14 down to 18 now it says, And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. What a denunciation. What a denunciation. No sin, this this iniquity will not be purged forever. That means there is no sacrifice that can be done. No prayer will be made that will bring out this sin. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more so if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every with, and hid nothing from him. And he said, Now hear what Eli said. It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. Eli is not making a budge. This is who I am. I love peace. I cannot do restraint. So God, punish me. There's no problem. But to do what you want me to do, I cannot do it. You are the Lord. Do what seems good to you. No plea, no begging, nothing. This man was defiant on remaining in that defect of and allowing that defect of character to remain in him. That defect that will not take the bull by the horn and give the straight jacket to the children and and give honor to the Lord and be zealous for the Lord's honor. He wasn't going to get that character. But the thing we learn from here is when we do not take measures to correct an evil, then we are inviting God to deal with the issue himself. This was the case for Aaron, when Nadab and Abihu did what they did and 
Also, this is the case for Eli, but this is also the case for us today. When you see your children manifesting characters that are vile, that are evil, and they are going to take these characters into the world, to curse the world with their bad mouth, with their bad characters, with their evil and vileness, you are inviting the world, first of all, to deal with them. And if the world doesn't deal with them, then the Lord will deal with them. You should nip it at the board. Before it gets that far, it is the parents who are supposed to not allow their children to develop these characters. What was Eli supposed to do? Has the Lord not given instruction on how far he was supposed to go? Yesterday we read that Eli was supposed to start with mild correction, mild restraint, and then build it up and give them the severest restraint. Reading from child guidance page 250 paragraph 2 it says but if milder measures prove insufficient punishment that will bring the child to its senses should in love be administered and then we also read in from eternity past page 418 paragraph 2 allies should first have attempted to restrain to restrain evil by mild measures but if these did not avail he should have subdued the wrong by the severest means now what was the mild measure in the word of God? We are told in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 18 down to 21. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that, when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto him, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the, the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of his city shall stone him with stones, that he shall die. So shall thou put evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Now, this should be a warning to parents who excuse evil in their children at the expense of others and would not discipline them. Many parents see evil in their children and also see the harm it is causing others and they permit this evil to continue because it's their children that is doing it, therefore they excuse themselves. What should parents do when they have rebellious children? The Lord is instructing us here. He's not saying you should stone them with stones, no. But what, is, what we see here is at least reporting them to the appropriate authorities. When you see that the child is causing a nuisance in the home and it, you cannot control that child anymore, report them to the appropriate authorities when it has gotten out of hand. That is what the principle is here in Deuteronomy 21 verse 18 to 21. Some children are in their homes causing a nuisance, smoking, marijuana, taking drugs and alcoholism and these things are causing a nuisance to the home. Report them to the appropriate authorities for them to come and take the children and treat them when it has gotten out of hand because your home what you don't understand that's your home the lord is in that place and they are defiling that place and giving a bad example to those who are observing sometimes they do not leave this vileness to themselves they cause a nuisance in this in this in the society and cause a problem for others this is the reason why they should be reported to the appropriate authorities and you can get that this is not we're not talking of children who are just doing mild evils this is when it has gotten to this level i'm mentioning now like we read yesterday in child guidance page 234 paragraph 1 it says if you want the blessing of god parents do as abraham repress the evil and encourage the good 
some commanding may be necessary in the place of consulting the inclination and pleasure of the children end of quote some commanding may be necessary this tells us that there is a character that is needed for those who will be parents and leaders it is not just the precious graces of the holy spirit of gentleness and all of that there's still the other character of courage and firmness reading from ministry of healing page 497 and downward we are told the christian life is more than many take it to be it does not consist wholly in gentleness patience meekness and kindliness these graces are essential but there is need also of courage force energy and perseverance the path that christ marks out is a narrow self-denying path to enter that path and press on through difficulties and discouragements requires men who are more than weaklings men of stamina are wanted men who will not wait to have their way smoothed and every obstacle removed men who will inspire with fresh zeal the flagging efforts of dispirited workers men whose hearts are warm with christian love and whose hands are strong to do their master's work let me, let me pause here to say it is a weakness in the character of leaders and parents to see their children doing evil and yet do nothing about it where is the force where is the firmness where is the courage in you that will make you to go and do what needs to be done where is the strength in your hands to go against your feelings and do what is needed to be done but too many consult their inclination and their feelings they are not inclined to punish their children they are not inclined to humiliate both themselves and their children because of the shame their children is bringing upon them instead of them to go against their feelings and do what needs to be done then they say no i'll follow my feelings this is weakness and that is not christian character i'll continue to read in ministry of healing page 497 it says some who engage in missionary service are weak nerveless spiritless easily discouraged they lack push they have not those positive traits of character that give power to do something the spirit and energy that kindle enthusiasm those who would win success must be courageous and hopeful they should cultivate not only the passive but the active virtues while they are to give the soft answer that turns away wrath they must possess the courage of a hero to resist evil with the charity that endures all things, they need the force of character that will make their influence a positive power. Some have no firmness of character. Their plans and purposes have no definite form and consistency. They are of but little practical use in the world. This weakness, indecision and inefficiency should be overcome. There is in the true Christian character an indomitableness that cannot be molded or subdued by adverse circumstances we must have moral backbone an integrity that cannot be flattered bribed or terrified end of quote these are the qualities that are needed for leaders and parents force of character indomitableness firmness enthusiasm zeal perseverance energy force courage these are the things that are needed not just gentleness patience meekness kindliness not just that we must be balanced in our character 
Do not be inclined towards one area than the other. There must be balance of the active and the passive graces of the Holy Spirit. We are not to shrink at doing the duties that are disagreeable to our inclinations. For some, they have they are already inclined to do this. But for many, they feel loath to punish, loath to, cor- to, to restrain. They don't want to have any clash at all with their children. Every clash to them is a pain, so they want to avoid the pain. Yes, it is a pain to clash with your child. Yes, it is a pain to punish them. It pains you yourself. But why can't you inflict yourself by inflicting your child? You love yourself so much. You don't want to put yourself through emotional turmoil and emotional trouble because you don't want to see your child cry. You don't want to see their frown upon you. You don't want to see them offended with you. You don't want to see them looking like they hate you or feeling like their mommy is not good to me or daddy is not good to me you don't want to pass yourself through that experience you love yourself so much that you pet yourself and in petting yourself you actually pet your child that's what you're actually doing it's actually a love of self selfishness that stops parents from correcting their children it's a deep-seated selfishness in their own hearts that makes them to so indulge themselves that they cannot do something to themselves that will hurt them because in hurting their children they're hurting themselves so they, they don't want to put themselves through that they would rather be nice to themselves but then in doing this are you really loving your child is that love when you know that these things you are doing is going to lead them to destruction in the end that is no love that is no love at all but that is wickedness and cruelty that is that wickedness the bible says in the proverbs in proverbs chapter 12 verse 10 that the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel so when you are showing that tender mercy to your child that tender mercy is indeed cruelty to them that is what he says the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel so when you are showing your tender mercy to your child by not punishing them you're actually dishing out the greatest cruelty to them by permitting them to continue in a course of evil by giving them the request they make that you know is not good for them it is a tender mercy that is indeed cruel we read yesterday from child guidance page 241 uh, paragraph 1 and 2 what we are to do when our children are threatening to leave the house if we don't allow them have their way what are we to do tell them my son if you are determined to leave home rather than comply with just and proper rules we will not hinder you if you think to find the world more friendly than the parents who have cared for you from infancy you must learn your mistake for yourself when you wish to come to your father's house to be subject to his authority you will be welcome obligations are mutual while you have food and clothing and parental care you are in return under obligation to submit to home rules and wholesome discipline my house cannot be polluted with the stench of tobacco with profanity or drunkenness i desire that angels of god shall come into my home if you are fully determined to serve satan you will be as well off with those whose society you love as we as you with those whose society you love as you will be at home this is what the parents are to tell them and we are told such a course would check the downward career of thousands but too often children know that they may do their worst and yet an unwise mother will plead for them and conceal their transgressions many a rebellious son exalts because his parents have not the courage to restrain him they do not enforce obedience such parents are encouraging their children in dissipation and are dishonoring god by their unwise indulgence 
it is these rebellious corrupt youth that form the most difficult element to control in schools and in colleges end of quote i'm just reminded now of a boy who i remember called me one day and said i will never forgive my father why that he, he locked me out of the house and said i should sleep outside <laughs> but today this is some maybe three years later the boy is still living in his father's house but he's tame now he's obedient now when the son has said has refused to obey his father's instructions the father had no choice but to say oh since you won't obey my instructions in my own house while i'm providing food shelter clothing and all your needs for you and you are not mutually obeying me that means maybe two of us cannot be in this house please you can go out and he locked it. the boy was outside he they made him stay out there and the boy though he was offended at first that man did what was right to his son he didn't go violent on him or anything he simply told him this house cannot take the two of us i'm doing my own duty for you and you refuse to do your duty it is a mutual obligation but guess what it did to him he got corrected it brought him to his senses though he was offended at first he said to himself how can he love me and chase me out of the house this is the height oh but later on he understood that he himself was wrong i know of another boy to the same thing he is very sane now I was told of another young man who uh, had this same kind of treatment dished out to him. His father, who is a pastor, had told him several times to obey him and do the right thing. But he was being unruly, disobedient, disregarding authority. What did the father do? He told him, please, you can leave. You can't continue like this. If you must stay in this house, you must obey me. And if you won't follow the right instructions that I'm giving to you, please, you can go and take care of yourself. And he let the boy go. And the boy stayed outside but he told him when you are ready to obey me these doors are open for you you can come in once you have set your mind that you are going to obey and the boy came back to the home many years have passed since then he is a very sane man now and very much in line with what is integrity he's doing the right things now because the father did the right thing too and we just read now that if many parents will take this course, let me take it as it says it. It says, such a course would check the downward career of thousands. That is to say that many today who you see whose career is in a mess, in shambles, it is because their parents did not go to the severe means of restraint for their children to correct them and their career was not checked their downward career was not checked these parents i just gave example of now saw that children going in their downward career their career was going down because of the disobedience they were dishing out to their parents and their parents had to do something about it and the lord will help them and bless them for what they did but for those who are low to take such measures to their children what is going to happen the downward career of their children has not been checked they continued in their unwise act but if they had done what they were supposed to do and told the child you cannot do this anymore in my house and if i hear of it again you cannot live with me the child would have understood and said to himself let me obey but many mothers like we read unwise mothers will plead for their children and then even help them to cover it conceal their wrongs mothers are you doing right when you do this you hide it from the father because you know he's going to take some severe measure on the child and you conceal your daughter's escapades you conceal your son's evil and crimes do you think you are doing them any good do you think it's love to hide it from the parent who is going to do something about it you are not doing them good in the future they will know who really loves them and the person who loves them is the one who rebuked them 
they will know in the future. Many children grow up and have to look back and see the correction of their parents that which they thought was wickedness. They now realize that it was no wickedness. But many, many are those who do not do this. Their parents look back at them and say, you spoiled. The children look back to the parents and say, you spoiled me. You spoiled me. Parents, do you want your children to grow up and then look back at you and say, you spoiled me? Hophni and Phinehas were victims of bad parenting. Eli should have removed them from office because of their bad behavior. But they went as far as sleeping with ladies who came to make sacrifices. This was supposed to be viewed as a great crime, especially when existing in, in, a sac, in people in a sacred office because it makes people to reproach God. We read Conflict and Courage, page 141, paragraph 7. Those who have too little courage to reprove wrong or who through indolence or lack of interest make no earnest effort to purify the family or the church are held accountable for the evil that may result from their neglect of duty. We are just as responsible for evils that we might have checked in others by parental by exercise of parental or pastoral authority as if the acts had been our own. And we are told in page 142 paragraph 4, God condemns the negligence that dallies with sin and crime, and the insensibility that is slow to detect his baleful presence in the families of professed Christians. He holds parents accountable in a great degree for the faults and follies of their offspring. God visited his curse not only on the sons of Eli, but Eli himself, and this fearful example should be a warning to the parents of this time. End of quote. Are you a parent? The Bible tells us clearly, chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. A time will come when there is no hope. Let us take the correction now and do what we are supposed to do. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, as we are going through these instructions, as we have fellowship with you, your words have been burning like fire in our hearts. Forgive us, Lord, for not doing our duty as we ought to, as leaders and as parents. Lord, give us the force of character that we need now to arouse and correct the evils that we have done in the past. For those parents who are doing right, Lord, I pray that they will not flag their zeal. Help them, Lord, not to feel like they are doing wrong to their children when they are actually doing the right thing. And help them to continue regardless of what the children may think of them. Help us, Lord, in all things to be good leaders and to be good parents. Wherever our character is weak, I pray, Lord, that you help us to make it strong. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.